Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. This is Robert Nichols, fourth year PharmD candidate at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Tony Guerra, for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from the Unity Point Des Moines Health and Public Service Building at DMAX Ankeny Campus. We're going to talk with innovative new pharmacy practitioners and soon-to-be pharmacy graduates. I've gotten a lot of emails from pre-pharmacy students and new pharmacy graduates about decisions they're making right now. Uh, connect with me on Twitter at Tony underscore PharmD with your questions. I'll post a video answer on my Tony PharmD YouTube channel, where you can find over 700 videos on drug pronunciation, memorization, top 200 that support my book, audio book, Memorizing Pharmacology. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Robert Nichols, fourth-year PharmD candidate at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. Robert's currently completing his APP rotation with the Iowa Pharmacy Association, and Robert grew up in Ottumwa, Iowa, where he received his Bachelor of Arts in Business Management from Warburg College in Waverly, Iowa. He currently resides in Waterloo with his wife, Brindy, as he completes his rotations. Robert initially became a member of the IPA as a technician in 09 after attending what was then called Fall Pharmacy Nights, and since then he served on various IPA committees, including the Technician Advisory Committee, the Long-Term Care and Senior Care Advisory Committee, the IPA Policy Committee on Professional Affairs. He served in the IPA House of Delegates since 2012, first as a technician, then as a student, and he recently completed a one-year term as the University of Iowa Student Representative on the IPA Board of Trustees, which finished with him being awarded the Carbaling Leadership Award. So, Robert, everyone's leadership road is a little different. Tell us what you're doing now and how you got there. You know, Tony, for me, referring to, you know, my entry into pharmacy profession, I was very lucky, although at the time you know, I didn't realize how lucky I was. I was fortunate enough to be in a town that had an independent pharmacy with such a storied history serving Waverly. At the time I started, Meyer Pharmacy had been around for over 95 years. The late Max Eggleston, who was past president of IPA, past president of APHA, Remington Honor Medal awardee, and founding director of the Iowa Pharmacy Foundation, he was a huge advocate for student development, and he was a past owner of Meyer Pharmacy. So I kind of started off in a great location, and the then owner, Ryan Frerichs, invited me to join the team as I explored pharmacy as a career path. Now, it was then that Ryan introduced me to the association through Farm Pharmacy Nights, as it was called at that point. It was an event in New Hampton, and it was here that I first learned you know, the association's mission and purpose you know, at first, I enjoyed all of the education they provided by hosting the educational expos and sending out email updates. But then the more I kind of stayed dialed in and involved, the more I learned about what, what you know, learned that what they do for our profession on a daily basis from educating key decision makers in our state about what pharmacists can bring to the table. And, you know, they do leadership development, providing student scholarships, and then really just leading the charge and redefining pharmacy practice. So all these things I learned that IPA did and there was always so much going on here at the association that impacts practice of all pharmacists in, in Iowa. I knew it was important for me as a student to stay involved and you know, spread the good word about everything IPA had to offer students and new practitioners. So I guess you know, when I was thinking about doing eight rotations, I felt it was just a natural progression for me to join an IPA team for five weeks and you know, see where the rubber meets the road. 
No, that's awesome. I know that IPA does quite a bit. They're on our uh, board here, our advisory committee at DMAC, uh, Anthony Pudlow, yeah. Kate Gaynor. Uh, they're um, fantastic and, and provide excellent leadership uh, for Iowa. But within that, what do you feel has become your area of expertise and maybe what are two things that we can really learn from what you do? Well, it's one thing I really enjoy the most is kind of just in general educating people about rele- you know relevant pharmacy topics, whether it be new and interesting non-dispensing pharmacy services or things related to pharmacy benefit manager issues or PBMs as they're termed, or it could just be safe and effective medication use. I enjoy being a resource for someone who may need, you know, either an introductory explanation about something or may just want more, may to delve into a key issue that they keep hearing about. And it could be a student who wants to hear more and be more privy to the issues, or it could be a legislator who is going to be voting on a bill that kind of aligns with pharmacy's priorities. It's interesting, you know, that you asked that. I was talking with Angela Davis um, recently, and her and Bill Wimmer make up IPA's Legislative Council. And, you know, I have a great respect and admiration for what she and Bill have been able to do for the pharmacy profession. And I, I asked her, I said, you know, what's it, what is it that you and Bill do on a daily basis to be so successful? And she said, you know, most of what that we do, she said, most of what we do is just basic varying levels of education. You have legislators have, that have a lot of different issues to address. So from agriculture, commerce, education, labor, and then on top of that, pharmacy. So all these legislators have different levels of understanding of pharmacy issues. And it's kind of our job as pharmacy representatives to bridge that knowledge gap. And I think I share that sentiment that she does. And like it's on us to step into that role and fill any knowledge gaps. Yeah, it sounds like uh, where we certainly learn patient counseling and we learn how to work with patients, uh, maybe uh, thinking about other people and who may not know the profession, that we are back there in the fishbowl, as Aaron L. Albert would say, uh, that uh, we do get out. And I think a lot of job satisfaction comes from getting out from behind the counter. But uh, tell us how you became a leader and, and how maybe your perception changed uh, when that happened. Uh, you said that maybe it happened very early uh, in your pharmacy career. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a tough question to you. know, I, f- I feel like my leadership role has just been evolving through the years, actually. You know, I think my perceptions have evolved with each new experience. And, you know, management types will talk about, you know, the big L versus the little L leaders. And, you know, other than high school track, really, I really don't ever being don the big L title, <laughs> okay. and, you know, until pharmacy school. So I typically, you know, always look on the, you know, took the small L role and, you know, that if I did my small part well, I considered a good contribution to the team. But, um, you know, I kind of always looked at my contribution as sub-significant. So it wasn't until I got into those big L roles at University of Iowa and I really grew an appreciation for what the little L roles, the roles the little Ls play and, and the grand scheme of things and the importance of having great people around you. Great. We'll be right back. A word from our sponsor. Hey, are you talking to Uncle Bob for financial advice? Are you prepared to begin taking charge to secure your financial future? Hi, this is Tim Baker, a certified financial planner and founder of Script Financial. Script Financial is a fee-only financial planning firm dedicated to helping pharmacists and young professionals meet their financial goals. Budgets, student loan repayment plans, saving for retirement, it's a lot to figure out by yourself. Script Financial is a fiduciary that puts your best interest first when taking the proper steps to secure your financial independence. Schedule a free consult by visiting scriptfinancial.com. Script Financial, the prescription to financial freedom. Now back to the Pharmacy Podcast. 
I have to ask, just because I am a marathoner, what was your uh, track background and what did you run or did you do uh, other events? So so it, it really started in, I, I really got myself into it in middle school and it was just me running. So in middle school, what they had us do was everybody on the team, no matter what you were, they're like, all right, we're doing a road run. And just so happened, I happened to be overachieving that day and I was running really well ahead of everybody and uh-huh. I ran really well back. And uh, from then on, I was labeled a distance guy. So um, in high school, it was funny because my freshman year, I was a 3,200 meter runner and a mile runner. And then slowly as I got toward my senior runner, I started getting in lower, lower levels. So by my senior year, I was running eights and fours. Okay, and, and really an so eight's just a, 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 a not so painful four and then a very painful four. But exactly. it sounds, <laughs> it sounds well, like that's a, a great explanation. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll see you at the Des Moines Marathon one of these uh, one of these years once you start ramping maybe, things maybe. up. Something. All right. Well, um, <laughs> so you've you've uh, you know gained this leadership experience. You're you're coming towards graduation. Uh, tell us maybe about one of the toughest things that that you've gone through. What's the worst thing that's happened to you as a leader? Where uh, you had this incredible challenge, and then uh, how did you get through it? Yeah, um, I would say the one thing that kind of sticks out in my mind is um, this event we we held called the Washington Wellness Health Fair. Now, the fair itself was great. You know, when I first got involved, I had, you know, Ben, ben Urich, um, which is another one of my mentors. He he brought me on board with a few other a few others who had interest in rural health outreach. And our goal was to kind of organize a student-led interprofessional rural health screening for Washington County, which is a county just south of, of Johnson County, where Iowa City is. So, you know, we began the event, you know, planning about six months in advance. Everything had gone great the entire first year, and the event went well. You know, our team had nursing, pharmacy, physical therapy students, of course, with preceptors at the event. And, you know, we activate community resource even resources even, including hy V, Washington County Public Health Department, um, the city newspaper, the radio station, the hospitals and clinics in the area. Everybody was really involved. And, um, you know, we had great reviews from the attendees and we planned on keeping the ball rolling the next year. But, you know, when it got to the next year, it came around. It took a little wire, a little longer to get me started in the planning. You know, my heart really wasn't, wasn't quite in it as much as the year before. And frankly, you know, I, I felt I did a poor job kind of leading the team the team and getting the ball rolling. So what I kind of, what I learned in doing some, you know, self-reflection on the issue is that, you know, one of my biggest strengths, um, I always hold it out is being persistent. So I'm very persistent and I, that can sometimes be a weakness. So I'm one of those guys that are, you know, at the end of a football game, I'm constantly like recalculating the formula for excess of it. So I'm sure, like, sure. okay, so if we kick field goal here, we can get an onside <laughs> kick and drive down yeah. a bit and maybe throw up a Hail Mary. And so when, so that's kind of how, how I think. So sometimes that can get me in trouble. And it's like, I don't know when to, you know, okay, maybe draw the line. And so in this case, um, with the second rendition of the Washington Wellness Health Fair, we weren't making any progress like a year before. We were like down two scores and looking, things were looking real bleak. But bringing back the theme of having great people around you, um, I had a pretty good group of nursing students that were um, on board that second year. And they were smart enough to kind of see the writing on the wall. And they were able to organize an educational event at Washington Middle School. So we didn't have our big event for the entire community. Um, but what we were able to do is kind of um, target a, a small niche with the middle school kids and provide some education 
to them. So I guess I learned um, what I learned is to be knowledgeable of those of the strengths that you have, like my persistence, while also understanding the limits of it. And I I guess I'd say reflecting on the situation helped me learn a little bit about myself and grow as a leader. Yeah, sometimes uh, passing the torch is is hard, but uh, once you yeah. do, you realize that. You know, that's, uh, that allows somebody else to gain that leadership experience as well. Um, right. Well, tell us a time where maybe you had an epiphany that changed how you thought about something. Hmm. Well, I, I do remember when I kind of finally realized that showing up is half the battle. That was a big one for me. Um, I remember talking to Tyler, Tyler Dalton, I guess. He, he was on, on here for you doing a podcast for you recently. And, yeah, from um, Auburn. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was about my application. Um, I talked to him about my application to NCPA and, you know, talked to him about, I asked him, you know, what was it really that stood out in my application? And he was telling me, you know, there were some leadership attributes that came out in my CV, but I remember him saying that a big part of it was that I just showed up. You know, I made the investment to go to the NCPA annual meeting in Austin. Austin, Texas didn't have that experience. And I just introduced myself to some student leadership council um, members, including Tyler. I remember him specifically introducing myself to him. Um, and, you know, that he said it stood out to him more, you know, it stood out to him. And, you know, this experience stood out to me going forward. I started to notice this more as I was looking to fill leadership positions myself. And um, if I could give some advice that, you know, a lot of people are afraid to even apply for a leadership position because, um, I found that, you know, people assume that everyone else is doing it and they think, you know, how could I possibly get the position? But I'd say you never really know until you try. And then the worst case scenario is you end up exactly where you are now. But I'd say, you know, if you're thinking about a position, um, you think a position would be a good fit for you, go for it. You know, showing up is half the battle. I have to say that in my first year as a pharmacy student, I applied to be secretary of the class, and I have the record for losing by the most votes of any oh, really? of any uh, applicant. So, uh, but I kept at it, and I found my niche in uh, other places. But uh, yeah, and and it didn't deter me from for helping. I actually ended up uh, being part of the group that kind of put together notes from the classroom because uh, it was tough that everybody couldn't make it every day. And and so I found my own niche by finding uh, what might not be uh, my strength. And my strength really isn't uh, maybe uh, in being secretary, maybe uh, treasurer or really doing some kind of outreach uh, was it. But but I I truly agree that uh, don't reject yourself. Uh, Let other people reject you before, you know, you you uh, turn down that leadership role because it might be the perfect thing for you. Um, so you gave us a little bit of advice, uh, maybe ahead of time uh, for uh, future uh, graduates. But what's one thing you're super excited about now? Uh, maybe something besides graduation. Uh, obviously, that's uh, a great countdown, and that's going to be an exciting thing. But what what's something you're most excited about now? Well, I'd say um, I'm I'm really excited just about basically the outlook of community pharmacy practice. You know, but throughout school I've been very involved in um, you know promoting independent pharmacists, and you know more and more um, we're proving that when community pharmacists are given the opportunity to utilize utilize pharmaceutical care practice, you know, and practice at the top of their degrees, um, they're able to impact public health and you know ensure specific disease state outcomes. For instance, Wellmark, um, the you know the largest insurer in the state of Iowa, they've seen how impactful community pharmacists can be. They did a pilot study with a single pharmacy um, in Iowa City, and they were able to sh- save over 3.2 million dollars in overall health costs. So yeah, in this one pharmacy, they were to show that. So out of this, 
has come um, the advent of this Wellmark high-performing pharmacy network in which you know pharmacies are going to be paid a per member per month prospective payment to utilize you know to utilize pharmaceutical care to improve the health of their patients and reduce overall healthcare costs. So that's one real big cool thing. And then kind of parallel to this is this initiative that's started in Iowa called the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network, or it's called CPESN. And so these CPSN pharmacies um, are provided in, you know, they provide enhanced pharmacy services that tend to go above and beyond conventional prescription dispensing and basic patient education. So the core services that are set up within this network in Iowa include clinical med synchronization. There's a specifically defined, defined comprehensive medication review process. There's adherence packaging and counseling. Um, med reconciliation and then immunization. So I'm really excited to see how these new, um, I guess, quality networks evolve and um, the role that they're going to play in shaping new pharmacy payment models across the country. It sounds like to be able to put that into practice as quickly as possible would be probably easier to do uh, if you own the pharmacy. And you mentioned that you might have uh, those kinds of aspirations. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about what you're thinking about after uh, graduation here in May or June? Yeah, so right now um, I'm kind of working to create a position for myself. Um, so I'm looking to do a residency, a community pharmacy residency position, and um, I'm kind of partnering with a pharmacy in Waterloo, Greenwood Pharmacy, and we're hoping to be able to join the Iowa the uh, Iowa Community Pharmacy Program. Um, things are looking positive, um, but I can't say anything for certain yet, but um, things are looking positive that I'm going to be able to create my own position. So, And then going forward, you know, other people who are interested in community pharmacy will also be um, be able to you know, follow my footsteps. And then I think the Unipoint Allen is also creating community residency. So there's more and more options um, within Iowa for community um, clinical practice training. I'll definitely, exciting. I'll definitely put in a plug for the University of Iowa uh, Community Residency Program. My wife and I were both a part of it. Uh, I've got a uh, faculty position here at uh, Community College that uh, I never want to leave this job. I absolutely love it. My All wife right. works at the VA, and uh, she works mostly with cardiologists uh, and pulmonologists. Uh, so really uh, working at the highest level of, of her license, uh, working in those specialties, working with those um, People and that came out of a community pharmacy residency, and and I think that a lot of times when students think residency, it has to be this hospital thing. But I think a lot of our future is in community, uh, especially in an underserved uh, state like Iowa. We have 99 counties, and I know most of them are underserved in terms of having uh, the appropriate right. number of health professionals. That's right. Yeah. So I know with uh, everything that you've told us, people would have questions for you. People would uh, love to contact you. Uh, what's the best way for them to contact you, or what do you prefer? Uh, them to contact you? I'd say LinkedIn is good. Um, email is another or the good one. Those are the two big ones, LinkedIn or email. Okay, and we can put those in the show notes uh, for you. So uh, we want to do a couple of quick hit questions, just a couple of parting words to, to give some great advice to our listeners. Uh, what's your best daily ritual to keep your work on track? I'd say make like a three-step to-do list, three big things that um, you want to get done throughout the day, three wildly important goals for the day okay. are good for me. And the best career advice you've ever received? I'd say it would be kill him with kindness, circa, you know, Ryan Frerichs, my first boss, or Selena Gomez, depending on who you ask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then what inspires you? Um, you know, from a professional standpoint, I'd say the prospect of an involving community pharmacy landscape in Iowa 
but more from a personal standpoint, I'd say having, you know, happy and healthy family. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we're we're so lucky and so blessed to have uh, our children were born at 27 weeks and three days, and it was a long road, but uh, so blessed oh, uh, with what yeah. we had uh, here and that we have that uh, family. And I'm able to have lunch with my daughters every day at kindergarten. So just uh, I truly appreciate what you're talking about with, with family. And, and it sounds like you're going to create a fantastic family pharmacy uh, once you do get into the ownership. Robert, thanks for being on the Pharmacy Podcast, Pharmacy Future Leaders. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If you're a pharmacy future leader interested in being on the Pharmacy Podcast, please contact me on Twitter at Tony underscore PharmD. And if your organization is interested in sponsoring the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, please go to PharmacyPodcast.com under contact. Thanks so much for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders on the Pharmacy Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.